Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, every time we try to make Christianity more, we always end up making it less. So here's Jesus, your crucified and raised from the literal dead Savior, here to grant salvation to your eternal soul. And we say, yeah, that's cool, but like, how do I get my boss to give me a raise? So we add to the faith. Write a lot of books that sort of take Christianity and use it as a bit of a stepping stone to more, you know, stuff we actually want. Follow these simple steps to financial independence with Jesus. How to hear from God, because he's totally calling. You just have to learn to listen for the right secret signs about what to do to get ahead at work or understand the profound to fix all of your relationships. You just have to pray this specific way with these specific prayers with this specific number of people. You'll totally be cured. You take all the stuff you actually wish the Bible did say and sprinkle a little bit of Jesus on it. Do this. You'll feel way better. We sell... A lot of books for those kind of things. And my heart sort of breaks for everyone who's ever bought one because they don't work. Like if they did, there wouldn't be a new one every month for you to spend your money on. Honestly, if, if they wrote a single one of those books that actually fixed everything that they claimed to fix, they could stop writing them and just say, everybody buy this book. That there's a new one every time you turn around. Either means there's somebody trying to get rich at your expense when you're desperate for help, which is shameful, or the last one didn't actually do anything, so I don't know, let's try something else. In all of it, whenever we try to make Christianity more, we always end up making it less. We take the way, the truth, and the life, the knowledge of the Father given through the Son, the hope that saves from sin and death and the power of the devil, we take this Jesus and either try and turn it into common sense or magic every single time. Every single time. Whether you do it with ancient relics from long-gone apostles like Matthias or holy water or with wands and Ouija boards or any other stupid thing you want to do, it's always the same exact practice. Magic is nothing more than trying to manipulate the spiritual to control the physical. You go poking at what you can't see until it makes what you can line up with what you want to. Simple stuff, really. How do I make the universe work the way I want it to? I don't know. I mean, I love the idea, though. I love the idea so much that uh, it's easy to just focus on that power instead of wondering why God didn't help us himself if he really does love us. Wondering why. I actually need to go through all this song and dance if there's supposed to be a God who takes care of us. Or is it just that we think that we can control the creator of the universe who will judge the nations on the last day even though we can't make four-year-olds eat their vegetables in a timely manner? So I'm guessing magic is out. Maybe there's at least some good advice, though, in the book, right? That's what I find when I walk down the religion aisle of the bookstore. There's plenty of it. Except when Jesus gives us advice, it's all pretty much common sense. I mean, actually, if you think about it, it makes so much sense that folks have actually realized all the same things those books write without Jesus. 
Well, common sense might not seem common in how many people have it. It is common in how many people could. Jesus says, no one comes to the Father except through me, which is sort of the opposite of common knowledge. So if the very best that we can get from these books is something that you could get from any other religion or anybody who really just sort of has their life in order, I don't know that it's Christianity. I'm not trying to throw rocks at anyone. I'm really not. Especially at people who are so desperate for help that they are completely overwhelmed by all these things wrong in the world that they would turn to these books for a little bit of help. But all the stuff that we do to make Christianity more to deal with all this stuff, it really only seems on focusing in on one thing. How do I have no more burdens? How do I have no more labor? How do I get rid of, you know, the one thing that Jesus actually asks us to bring him? See, we're so desperate to get rid of this stuff that we end up with a greater burden than everything wrong. The problem of having to fix it ourselves. Jesus says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He actually wants us to bring our burdens to him, but when we insist, it is our job to get rid of them. And if only we could employ Christianity in the right way, we would have no more problems. The bigger problem becomes ours, because now we've got to fix everything that's wrong, or it's not Christianity. We crawl right back under the heavy yoke of the law. Do this, get that. Whether it be common sense or magic spells or special water or special prayers or any other dumb thing in the world that we try to do to get our lives actually in order, how is it going so far? We make religion into a burden, trying to control all the results, and it goes terribly. By trying to make Christianity more, we always make it less. We end up with nothing more than a religion of law that sinners can't get to work right. We're so desperate to find the right way to control God, even though we can't control anything in his creation. Just simple. Always behave yourself. Practice common sense. Just, you know, don't be sinners. Life would be a lot easier. And I mean, it's true. It's just not helpful to sinners who can't escape from themselves. All the people walking down that religion aisle in the bookstore with nail marks in their palms because they're trying so hard to hold on to something while breaking everything that they touch. These are the ones who are long past blaming other people for what's wrong, for who's in first, because it still doesn't actually provide any real help when people are just trying to get through the wreckage of what's left in their day. And all of us just need a way out. The wise think they can figure it out. They always do. But when we turn Jesus into self-help, however you want to do it, something really demonic happens. The truth is hidden from us. And the truth is simple. The kingdom is not earned. It's given. Even little children can receive it. You don't have to do anything for it. God does it all because as it turns out, he actually loves you. That's the thing we pepper over. Whenever we're trying to make religion into self-help, We stop talking about a gracious God who helps sinners, who helps the least of these, who helps the ones who can't for the life of them help themselves. And we turn it into a way to get rid of our problems because Jesus wouldn't want them anyway, even though he's the one crying out all along, bring them here. I've got rest for you. This is why Jesus took flesh in the first place. This is why he's walking and talking with those disciples right then. He was not walking around the Middle East, for your money or for your praise. He was there for your sin, for your burdens. Our Lord came into this world to take upon himself everything that is bigger than you, everything that you have done wrong and everything done wrong to you. 
Everything so ground into the fibers of creation that stuff just goes wrong. We don't even know who to blame, just that it's too heavy to carry. He has come for that stuff, to bear it upon a cross and let it overwhelm him. Our Lord didn't just come into the world to snap his fingers and make no more problems. He came into the world to bleed and die for sinners who can't fix them themselves. And it worked. He bled his last, and he has risen from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead. He has conquered death. He has conquered sin. He has conquered every last thing that you are convinced will bring the world to a stop. It did for that one day, and the sun was blotted from the sky, and the temple, a curtain was torn in two, because it is finished. Those burdens, they're all brought to nothing, and Christ burst from the tomb, free from all of them. This, this is our hope. Our Lord came into the world to save sinners by bearing a cross for you and rising from the dead. He doesn't stay in heaven dropping down secret magic spells or common sense logic to see if we will figure out how to make heads or tails of this world. He doesn't avoid the burdens himself. He dives straight into them and carries us through them by bearing them himself. Look to that cross and see whether or not God would be far from your problems. He's there for you. Your sins are forgiven. Your burdens are brought to nothing. Your death is destroyed, for Christ has borne them all upon the cross, and he has risen from the dead. Because God loves you so much that he would not be far from you in your time of need. From all of those burdens you can't escape, from the pains of this world, from the terrible things done to us, and the sinful things we do to ourselves, God wants to be near that stuff. Because he loves you so much that he wouldn't let it scare him away. He wants to bring you through that stuff. Because he loves sinners. Because he loves you. And his gracious will is to save. That's what you'll miss when you go looking so hard for self-help tips from God. The fact that he is so desperate to give us his grace, his mercy, his life all along. Because the real rest never comes from getting rid of your burdens by doing something. The real rest comes from receiving from God when you realize that you can't. Come unto me all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And rather than just trying to imagine a nice peaceful place where we're burdened with the pains of the devil, the world, and our own sinful flesh, because that's hard to do, God puts himself right here for you. Rest is not imaginary. Rest is not a secret place in your heart where you can escape your problems. Rest is not just blaming everyone around you for everything else that went wrong. Rest is where God is. And God parks himself right here for you. Because come to me is worthless if you don't know where Jesus is. So he puts himself in the sacraments in the waters of baptism, in the eating and drinking of his body and blood. These are not magic spells. These are not ways that we can control God and make him finally give us a little bit of what he's promised us but wouldn't seem to do on his own. This is where he wants you to know that he is so much that when you hear his word and you believe it to be true but you can't for the life of you find it, he puts it in stuff that you can touch and taste and see and smell and know. God is not far away. God is right where he has promised to be. And so when you feel overwhelmed or forgotten or worthless or beat down, here is rest right here for you. Eat it and drink it. It is his body and his blood shed for you for your forgiveness, for your life, for your salvation, forgiveness for every last thing that you are carrying around in guilt and shame and don't know how much longer you can bear. Strength found in a life that death itself cannot destroy. And so if death can't beat it, nothing you're up against can. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And that's the most amazing thing because what is light is not a burden. And what is easy is not a yoke. The people who kneel here, they are not people who lack problems. They're people who have a present God to carry us through them. We are yoked to Christ, and that is why the burden is light. 
he is the one carrying it. We are yoked to Christ, and in all of our attempts to control things, to make life easier, the peace is found all along in being bound to the God who's got things under control and actually loves you. So he gives you here his body and his blood, his Sabbath rest. It is here for you to eat it and drink it and know it. Whatever you got, whatever you're going through, keep it all right up here. Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. There is rest. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.